So usually I'm in the studio uh, doing this uh, podcast and uh, talking to all of you guys. But today we are in the city of Verona. Uh, and uh, of course we are outside. Why am I wearing all this one? Because it's, it's, <laughs> it's freaky. It's pretty cold this morning. Hello and welcome to Obehi Podcast. I'm your host, Obehi Ewan And I strongly believe that everyone has a story to share. Now let's get started with this episode. Uh, and of course, uh, we are outside and I have the honor of talking with a person who usually we would talk on the phone because he's uh, in Abuja, uh, Nigeria. Uh, but today he's here in Verona with me. So I'm really very happy to talk to you, Abraham. Uh, nice, thank you. Nice, <laughs> me- <laughs> nice meeting you. All right. So appreciate. like we always say in this podcast, everyone has a story to, to share. And we believe that your story is very important. Yeah. Okay, why don't we start with a little presentation of you. Tell, okay. tell our viewer, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I'm Ibrahim Rukwe by name. Um, I'm an accountant by profession, an entrepreneur by calling. So people came to okay, how do you do this? I said, okay, I'm an accountant by profession, an entrepreneur by calling, in the sense that I work with business owners to enable them to gain clarity in their business, understand their market niche, and increase their sales. That is what I do as a consultant. There was an accountant I work with, a multinational organization back home in Nigeria as a country accountant there. Then I'm a poultry farmer also. <laughs> I have a poultry farm. I'm way back at home with about um, a thousand laying beds right now. Then I have a clinic company whereby we offer genetic services um, for organizations and everything. So that is just a summary of me. And we have an NGO where we do as a charity work to the less, pri- what I call it less privileged, yeah, yeah, let me just, less privileged, or those people that need assistance from our... Of course, if you, are, if you are very rich now, then you don't, they don't need you, no? So, okay, <laughs> less privileged kind of makes sense, no? Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always conscious of the word to ensure that you don't make people feel, oh, you're looking down on me. Ah, okay. So okay. that is why. All right, that is, not, that is not the sense we are saying. Yeah, yes, yeah, sure, sure. That, okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll get a point. Uh, okay, now, uh, tell me, um, when you were growing up, Let's go back to you growing up now as a little younger rookie. Yeah. Uh, what were your passion? Like, I mean, what were the things that were lighting you up, that were giving you a kind of uh, inspiration? My environment. Mm-hmm. Because um, the Nigeria setting, is a, Niger- Nigeria setting is a setting that makes you think of survivor. Why? Because the, there's no, uh, the basic things of living, you, you, you fight to get it. Like shelter, um, food, um, how put it now? The basic necessity. Like in Europe, uh, you have some basic things that are there. Mm-hmm. But over back then, you have to create what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Nobody gives it to you. So that was one of the things that really fired me up that no, I need to live a better life than where I'm coming. So I should be able to change the narrative and say, okay, well, this is it. So that is one of the things that really, really, as a green child, mm-hmm. I had in mind to do. All right. Okay. Now, um, now you are an entrepreneur. Of course. Now we understand what motivated you to be in this field where you yeah. create solution. Because uh, uh, many entrepreneurs that I've interviewed in this podcast, I would always tempt them to 
define even the term itself, entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And what we come to understand is that these are a group of people who are actually preferring solution to a problem. Yeah. That you know that in your society there is a problem and mm -hmm. you are trying to prefer a solution to it. Yeah. And of course, you are not doing it for nothing. You are doing mm -hmm. it so that you can get a return in it. Yeah. Look at Elon Musk, for example. Look at... Uh, uh, Steve Jobs or look at think of uh, uh, Big Gate. Yeah. This guy, they have become rich not just by saying give me money, give me money. Mm -hmm. They prefer solution mm -hmm. to the problem in the society yeah. and in the process they get pain. Yeah. So uh, when you decide that you are going to be in this field, how did you go about your training? Because when you were born and you were growing up, you knew that you wanted to do something. Mm -hmm. By this time, you don't have the qualification yet. Yeah. So take us through the trajectory of your qualifying yourself. <clears throat> as, an, as an entrepreneur? Yeah. Okay, good. Is it, um, first, I believe entrepreneurship is about seeing a need and providing a solution. But fortunately, people have missed that word entrepreneurs. Anybody that bangs, they say I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> no, you're not an entrepreneur. You're a salesman. <laughs> you get now. So let's say you buy this phone and sell. Mm -hmm. You're a salesman. You're not an entrepreneur. You're just only, but entrepreneurs create value in the sense of um, this chair is bad. I think of how to bring something better than entrepreneurship. But selling this chair to the next person, I'm a salesman. So one way I have been able to build myself over time as an entrepreneur is first, is in, I started fully to, uh, to 2014 with a clinic company precisely. I do more of um, um, more of uh, my clinic um, jobs. So with time, yeah. I begin to think, okay, what do I do to create value, to provide needs to people that in turn will give satisfaction, reward them for their what they look, heal their pain points, and give me what? Two things. Fulfillment and money. We're in business for money. Okay. <laughs> we should not be ashamed to say that. <laughs> no, you know, you no, like years ago, in my consulting, I used to be shy. I, I don't know how to price my value. I don't know how to price my value. I feel, oh, if I should tell you, pay me $200 or $500, I'm being inconsiderate of your condition. <laughs> but later, <laughs> As I begin to attend trainees, I pay for trainees. Like, I, I did a training with the John C. Maxwell team in the U.S. I paid them about 2000 U.S. dollars for that training. For how long did that training go? It was, I'm still a member. It qualified as a member for the program. Ah, okay. So back home in Nigeria, I did another CMD training. I paid about $1,500 for that. And I did one on that training again. I paid about $3,000. So all this money I'm paying, who's going to pay me back? It's the client. So the point here is that as I begin to grow in this entrepreneurship that gives me okay, the minds to build a lot of things, as I acquire more, more certification to qualify me as an entrepreneur through my experience, through my value I provide in form of product and services, and through the qualification I get to broaden my mind to understand these things more, then I believe at the end of the day, it's all what just formed that entrepreneurship that I'm in today. But I believe entrepreneurship is a two-way, the theoretical part and the practical part. But the practical part is more important than the theory because people need solutions, people don't need grammar. Thank you very much for that. That is very important. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of grammar, there, there are a lot of people that speak it, no? Yeah. But like you correctly said, it is the solution that people are interested in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, because, you know, when you enter this trajectory of um, preferring solutions to the problems that are there in the society, sometimes uh, it can be that um, 
uh, uh, some people can find it difficult to understand. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, uh, what you are doing is that you are preferring a solution yes. to the people. Mm -hmm. And yeah. of course, you deserve to be paid for that. Sure. We did it in Nigeria because most of the training that you made mention of now are outside of Nigeria. Now you, you went for a John Maxwell training and mm -hmm. all that. Are there mm -hmm. some programs also in Nigeria that you can also take? Let yeah. me know about that. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, let me get it. When you say some program, what kind of program? By... For example, <clears throat> a kind of a training program mm -hmm. that you can maybe... you want. Okay, now, you decide that you want to do something, yeah. but you don't yet know how to do it. Yeah. You get it, no? Yeah. That is why you went for the John Maxwell training program, so yes. that you can learn, no? Yes. Because you are in the learning process by signing up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, instead of signing up for John Maxwell program, mm -hmm, training mm -hmm. program, yeah. are there some programs that you could easily have signed up for in Nigeria? Yeah, sure. There are a lot. Like I said before, like we have what is called CMD. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, as, in that, um, as a consultant, mm -hmm. this part of it is more of the consulting part for me. Mm -hmm. That has to do with... Um, how I put it this time around, knowledge sharing. Mm -hmm. So I did CMD in Nigeria, mm -hmm. which is Center for Management Development. Mm -hmm. Enable you do, to enable you to um, provide training services for organizations, mm -hmm. their staffs, mm -hmm. their product chain value, and everything. Mm -hmm. So I did that in Nigeria also. And also um, IMC, Institute of Chartered Management Consultants, mm -hmm. is also in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. um, training I did yeah. but these are globally recognized affiliation organizations in Nigeria mm -hmm. so that is one part but when it comes to value creation learning on the job like my poultry farm now for example I have to pay someone to teach me how to feed my birds because but when it comes to business there's a place for theory and there's a place for practical you get it now yeah. so I paid for these trainings like my poultry farm how to feed my birds the disease control in the in the poultry farm. Mm -hmm. I paid for these trainees. So in as much as I'm, I'm doing more of international training certification to enhance my knowledge, mm -hmm. I still do more of look up because no matter what you get out there, you must be able to localize it to get value. Thank you for that. That is very important. Yeah. Because this one, uh, in a part, also explain the justification why people should pay you for the service yeah. that you are renting to them. Because you do, you are paying. Yes, I yes. remember that should be a couple of years ago now. Mm -hmm. There was a training program that I that I paid for. It was 3,000 euros. Mm -hmm. And it was about six months mm -hmm. here that I did in Verona yes. here. No? Because if I have done that, now I have uh, uh, an online training program mm -hmm. I ask people to come and pay. Yes. I shouldn't be ashamed to do that because... Mm -hmm. For me, I didn't get it free. Yes, Why yes. should I give everything to you free? Mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. So if you know the value that you are asking for, mm -hmm. you should be ready to pay the price because everything in life mm -hmm. have a cost. Yes, have a price. nothing is free. Nothing is free. Nothing though. is free. But like I said mm -hmm. before, now I I I find it hard to to charge people. Mm. Like, but the moment I have an office space, I have staff that work with me. I'll pay them salary. <laughs> I'll pay for the office space. I will then pay for light, I'll pay for printer, for stationaries, mm -hmm. we'll buy stationaries. Who's going to do, who's going to pay all those things? So the point is that when it comes to um, charging fees in your systems, mm -hmm. you must first create value. But one thing I want to say in this podcast was saying that before creating a solution, look for the need. Don't go create solution and be looking for the need, you'll be frustrated. That's where most people miss entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. Like um, this tea cup now, 
You don't create this tea cup and start looking for who is to buy it. But anyway, you can drink this tea cup and this is yours before you get cold. <laughs> Good. Okay, thank you. So this tea cup, you don't create this cup and start looking for who to buy. You rather look for people that are interested in buying it before creating the cup. But people at times, because they have cash, they don't want to start any business. Then in starting that, they now realize that you are chasing people to come and buy because you never even know if they needed that thing at first. All right, this one is very important. Just yeah. before we started the podcast, me and I was coming with Andy, who were reflecting naturally about yeah. this particular topic. Anyway, you can drink your... Yes, very uh, important. Here life. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we were actually reflecting about business, business yeah. strategy and things like that. Yeah. And now uh, you made mention of something important, which is about market research. So can you tell us, how do you really embark on this market research to even know uh, what, is, what is missing there in the market mm -hmm, that you should create content for? Okay. How do you go about this part? Okay, that is what, the first thing is, is that you first need to first um, look for, um, how to put it now, your unique selling points. Mm -hmm. What is that thing you are good at? Is the first point of everything. Once you know, okay, well, I'm good at making tea. Mm -hmm. That is your unique selling point. It's known as USP in business. Mm -hmm. So now you know, okay, I'm good in making tea. What do you do next? You look for people that will want to take tea in the morning. Don't look for who want to take tea. It's two different things. That is very important. <laughs> uh, look for people that want to take tea in the morning. Not like, oh, hey, I make tea. Come and take tea. No, maybe I want to take tea before going to bed. Mm -hmm. So you look for people... Looking for people that want to take things, but you know, as market segment, customer segmentations. Who are you selling the tea for? Is it, is it grown up from 20 to 30? Is it for toddlers from 0 to 3 years? Is it from adult from 60 to 40? Once you group your market segmentation, then you will now do what is called a, prototype, a prototype. A prototype means, do you care? Like you see, Apple want to release a new phone, they'll bring a prototype, put it in the market. They'll show you the specification. Now they're trying to know how will the market react when it comes out finally. That's why you had them say launching date. Mm -hmm. So we're going to launch this product on uh, February 31st. They start doing advertisement just to create awareness. So with that now, you now realize that one, you are on track doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. Then before you now start investing your money into that business, you need to feel what? Understand unique selling points. Mm -hmm. Create a prototype of what you want to do. Identify the market you want to sell it to, therefore you go bust the bank to produce. That but people come from the back to mm -hmm. the front, they bust the bank, create the product, start looking for the market, start praying, start fasting, start running around, people should come and buy, mm -hmm. when you never know what I needed in the first instant. Now, I'm sort of curious about something. Mm -hmm. um, I remember one time I was uh, talking to an educationist in South Africa, mm -hmm. And the argument was about education. Mm -hmm. What is education based on? Because if what we are talking about today is about finding the need of the society and providing, uh, finding what is missing in the society and providing the solution to that, yes. it will mean that uh, maybe this can pass through the educational system or mm -hmm. uh, on my own, I should realize that something is missing. I, I don't know if, if you want to say anything about that, in that. Okay, now let me put it in a way that it can be very simple to understand. In Italy today, we are, we are in Verona, we are in Italy. If Italy were to go to war tomorrow with, with, uh, with France, mm -hmm. the educational system in Italy will change. Because mm -hmm. we need to educate people on how to go to war to defend this country. No? Yes. It, it will not be about <coughs> peace and love anymore. Mm -hmm. 
it means that the person that is running the society need to configure the subject of the society for the objective where they are going on. So, how do we come to this point of identifying the need in the society? Is this something that passed through our educational system or is something that we decide alone? Looking at the example that I just gave. Okay. <clears throat> when it comes to identifying need, it's about uh, first look around you. Just like how do you know you need toothpaste in your house? How do you know that you need to refill the gas in your house? Or how do you know that you need to eat food? Hunger comes in. You feel the urge to get that thing. Sorry, let me take it. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> you feel the urge. You need those things. So the first point of need is that you need to look at what exactly is missing around you. It can be from French chatting. It can be from doing a market survey. Anything that you first look at, well, I want to produce this cup. I keep using this cup. The first thing you need to do, is this kind of cup in existence already? If yes, do you want to improve what is in existence? Because mind you, in business, there's no new thing. It's only an improvement we do. So, it, now, when you want to improve this kind of cup, you now ask people, if now, will you want a cup that has two hands? This is one that have one. <laughs> Hi, but how will you see you have a cup that you can hold two like this? What do you think? Hey, yeah, yeah, it's going to be a good idea. You ask one, two, three, four, five persons. That and gives. Now, you've not done, it's not a new thing you are doing, but they just improved on what is in existence already. You get the point now. So with that now, it is not what the school is going to teach you. It is not what you go to Harvard, PhD for. Those area will only just make you understand how to go about it. But doing it is practical. You have to go out there. That, that's why I keep saying your target audience. Everybody cannot buy from you. Everybody cannot buy from you. But you need to first clearly understand who am I selling to. That is really very important. Yeah. Of course, uh, for the audience, if you find any value in what we are discussing here today, go down. It's cheap. Very simple. Just click like yeah. and comment. Let us know what you think about it because we are here for you. All right, now, I asked that question because I'm trying to understand the point. Actually, I'm helping the audience to understand that anybody can participate in the economy that we have today, which is a service-based economy. Meaning, if I can produce something valuable in the market, then I deserve to ask for price. Mm -hmm. It's just a question of adding value, like you <coughs> said. Yes, no? yes. You take the cup, you take a pen, because nothing is actually new here, like you correctly said. Nothing, no? yeah. We've been using it for hundreds of years. Actually, thousands of people will continue to understand even the, the concept. You know? yeah. But from year to year, day after, they will begin to improve, we change the color, twisting. That is the adding of value. Yeah. Now, looking at the typical Abuja situation where you are, or in Nigeria, or in Africa, as it were, mm -hmm. what do you think people should concentrate on in terms of find, adding value to the market that we have? Because it's not like we have everything there. There are a lot of things that actually lack in terms of the services. Talking of light, telecommunication, all of it, we have needs that need to be met. Mm -hmm. What do you think people should be concentrated on right now, 2022? I wouldn't want to see um, start um, selling gala or start building house or start selling aeroplane or start selling clues. It just first, look your environment and focus on that need. 
because I, for one, I'm into a, I'm an, uh, I do, um, I have a poultry farm because I feel okay, there's a need in that area. Mm-hmm. So if I'm to say, okay, fine, one thing you should focus on this year, look for, is to, anything you are doing falls under two categories, product or service. Anything you are doing is known as value proposition. What is that thing you are offering to your group, to your people, to your audience? Which now fall under two things, product or service. So I won't want to say, okay, go and do this particular thing, but rather ask yourself, which thing will work for me? Is it selling product or service? If you clearly define which one you are to offer, product or service, okay, which kind of product should I offer? What kind of service do I offer? Go down again. How do I price these two things? After getting your price, now you're not really, how do I own them? It's a new year. What is the price range of last year? If you are coming in new into the business, you have different kind of they have penetration pricing. Meaning you want to reduce, let's say this thing is going, this phone is going for let's say um hundred dollar, you can bring to ninety-nine dollar. That is penetration pricing. You can come up and say, you know, it's hundred dollar, that is competitive pricing. You choose which one you want to use. And after that, you're not thinking, what will make me different from everybody in the market? So this is what I believe they should do this year. But saying, okay, this is the major thing you should go focus on this year. My view, my suggestion might not be the next person's need. That is so that's why I just give a generic way to this, what you should do, it's fair whatever enough. you want to do. It's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, get that. Yeah. All right. Now, uh, you are a coach, no? <clears throat> that you coach people uh, in entrepreneurial in the entrepreneurial field, no? You tell people what to do, mm-hmm. which means that there is this need that these people that realize that they need something. That is why they come to you. Yeah. Now, can you share with us what are they preoccupied about? I mean, these uh, fellow Nigerians, Africa, or other people in the world that you are coaching, what are they worried about that they need your help for? Structures. Okay, help us understand that. Very, very. <laughs> because <laughs> structure is one thing that um, I've seen people really need. Because everything, structure brings about systems. System is about process. And process is about getting things done as it should be done. Now, like for example, I'm a thousand miles away from home for months. My systems are still working well as if I'm there. Because it's a structure on ground. If you have structure, this world, if you have a good structure on ground, three things happen. You generate income. Your business move on autopilot. Then two, you, you gain clarity of what you are doing. Nothing comes from behind and hold you. Then three, you have a system that can sustain shock as time goes on. So those are the three things people are always asking for. How do I structure my business? How do I increase my sales? Like, let's say for increasing of sales now, on that app, that's what people always ask. It's one, that's what it's called sales funny. Mm-hmm. A sales funny is simply um, a customer journey. It is, uh, the first one is awareness. After creating awareness of what you want to do, the next one will okay, negotiating with the customer. So negotiating, giving them an offer. This is what I want to offer you. It's an advocate when the customer now pays you. Mm-hmm. After the customer pays you, it's an advocate fine. You don't, they don't just pay and let them go. You make them a loyal customer. They'll, they'll keep coming back from you. So that is a structure already. On that says, mm-hmm. coming to your staffs, how should they do? What should they do every morning when they resume? Because most business owners always fail in this area. They tend to hire the staff. 
before creating the job they are not the work they want them to do. But rather, no, before you hire anybody, you define what you want them to do, how you want them to do it, when should they do it, and if they don't do it, what will happen? And if they do it, what should not happen? Explain clearly to them. So these are the things I'm always looking for. Structure in their business, how to increase sales, how to stabilize their business. But everything still falls around structures. So that is one major area I know that people always ask me for. How do I structure? Because if you structure your business, everything, you're like in your house. If you keep your, your let's say, your clothes or your unders well, you keep your spoon, your knife, your shoe, everything is well arranged. You realize that it's easy for you to pick things in your house. But let's say you come from work, your cap is on the floor, your socks on the bed, your shirt at the domot, um, your pot on the table. You will not even know where you want to pick the right thing from. So, but like in business, also in business, if you're able to structure everything orderly, it will be easy for you to become productive and profitable. All right. Now, uh, say a client come to you uh, yes. in this situation that you just described, this yeah. uh, later one, yeah. where uh, that is obviously disorganization yeah. in the process. Where do you start? When a client meets me, I do what is called need analysis. I don't just tell you, oh, you know what, I'm a professional. Anything I believe I know, you must take it. No. My need analysis is what? It makes me understand what you are thinking, what you are going through. It's very important. But unfortunately, most business consultants out there, they don't, they don't listen to what you are saying as a, cost, as a client. You all believe, you know what? I have PhD in Harvard. I have MSc in business management. I have 10,000 years of experience. So as you are talking, okay, I know what you are going through. They say, okay, fine, you know what? Go around digital marketing. Fire this, fire that, rent a big shop, bring more sales. No, maybe that person does not need that thing. You only just need to pay attention to the process. You get the point now? So what I do first, I have, I first do what I call need analysis to understand what exactly you are going through. After that, before that, I asked to go and bring 10 questions you need answers to. So for now, 10 questions you need answers to, will now give me an insight of your pain. That will now form our need analysis session. If I can, I will now be able to profile a solution to say, okay, what, this is what I believe you should do. This is what I will offer you. This is the duration of what I will offer you. And this is what you should do. And this is what you will get as results doing this thing I'm going to tell you to do. All right. Now, Mr. Rupe, yeah. give me um, a typical example. I don't tell you, I'm not asking you to give me the name or the specification of it. Yeah. But give me a typical example of a client you have worked with and the result the person has got because you have worked with the person, he or she. Yeah, much. <laughs> yeah, much. Okay, let me pick which guy. Okay, let me just pick one of my most recent client from the U.S., He's a Nigerian, he's based in Washington, D.C. So he saw my video on YouTube, in my YouTube channel, Abraham Arukwe, and he reached out to me that he wanted to build a poultry farm of about um, 10,000 bed capacity. He knows nothing about it. So I asked him to go get his, um, to go get his um, 10 questions he need answers to. And the questions were like jump questions. <laughs> The guy brought the questions, it was something there. So we go through the went through the questions, sorry about that. Went through the questions, and I was able to guide him. He bought the land. The phone, is on my phone, yeah. Sorry. He bought the land. He built everything from scratch to finish. Let me get his name at Mr. Yemi. This is what he said now. 
this this is our chart. Sorry, I can't show you on the but let me just say, say, <laughs> say, um, say, I just started installing the cages. It, it just this is the whole farm here. Yeah. This is our chart. Like good morning, I just installed everything. Thanks very much. So I was able to guide him from buying the land. They did, we did what we call due diligence. Is that environment made for farming by the government? Is it approved for farming? These are things that ordinarily he would have just go buy land anywhere and just start building. So after doing the digital, not okay. The land is do you have arrow of O or C of O? Right of occupancy. These are the questions you need to. These are due diligence we are doing in this time. After doing the due diligence, he starts building. They are able to walk him through the costs, what he needs to buy, how he needs to implement it. That was done. They are able to refer, I was able to refer him to my trusted vendors. I don't do commission things. You pay me my fee as a consultant. I'll tell you, if, it, if I tell you this cup is $100, go anywhere. You will not see 102 cents. No. So he was able to get these beds there, install the cage, done everything. That was what we worked with him. It was a period, we did six sessions together. Then I gave him 30 days support. That he can call and anything he needs, he just call me, I guide him through. And today his farm will start fully by operating by Fembrae. That was because I offered him then as a guest, he just come to the business world blindly, thinking I has money in the account, buy land, get people to just do everything. He would have spent more. It's just because of time. Otherwise, I have a lot of questions to, to ask you because <laughs> usually we do spend a lot of time here. Yeah, because yeah. everything have a double down question or two, three. Please, uh, help me with this glove. <laughs> You are really cold. I can uh, me and cold, and we don't. We are two terrible enemies. I know that. I know that. <laughs> if you come up and stay with us here in Verona. No, 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 no. All right. Now, what are some of the challenges that you face? Because now you run a business, and you don't want to tell me that this business is just uh, milk and sugar. No, no, no. no it's <laughs> okay, not possible. So tell me, what are your challenges that you face, so that I can sort of relate to other Nigerians <clears throat> that are facing similar problem running business in Nigeria? Number one thing I faced when starting my business was I lack knowledge. Unless you have an idea, you know, having an idea and knowing something is a different thing. An idea is, okay, well, I want to sell this glove. That is it. But what kind of glove do you want to sell? It's a different thing. It's a different question entirely. So when I started my business in 2014, I already have an idea of what I want to do. But I lack knowledge of what I want to do. So because of that, it cost me a lot. For more than two years, I was just moving in circles, wasting money, doing. But when I start um, paying people that are already ahead of me, and secondly, was um, financing. That is one general problem. And uh, getting fund to get what you want to do. Um, the bank rate is something else. It's crazy. You see, bank trying to give you a loan to start a business is like ten piece. It's a ten, ten digit. 10 digit rate uh, from 10 is not really favorable. That is one, access to funding. Then two, you don't have a stable market. Okay, let's say for my poultry farm now, um, I bought feed for my bed January, 5,000, let's say 5,800 as a January 1st. That is about how much in dollar? I can't, I, let me not go give you the wrong calculation in dollars. Anyway, they can do it just. They, you can do okay. Five eight hundred <laughs> naira. Naira. As at last week here, the same January, guess that fee is six thousand five. Skyrocket. Just about 
800 Naira on top of what you bought now. So let's now put it down. Let's say my competitors, because they play big, they must have bought those feed in large quantity and put it in their warehouse. You get the mass mm -hmm. there now. Then why me that is buying small, I go back there. They say, no, it's now 6.5. Then by the time I buy, automatically the sales of my product will go up. And my computer will go back to his warehouse, take the cheaper raw material he has to produce at the old price. People will rush to his own place and buy. Why me, the starting it up and why I'm struggling? You will get mm -hmm. it. So, but if we have a stable market price, then I know that from now in June this year, I'm sure the price remains the same. Mr. Arupe, thank you very much for the conversation. It's really very enriching uh, with the value that you are sharing with us. Now, uh, can you, you want to share anything with us as to why you are here? What are you doing in Europe? And let's say I came to Europe one first for my studies. Okay, I'm doing, currently doing my MSc in business management. As I said before, entrepreneurship is about getting the knowledge and doing the practical. Uh, not just about, um, I'm not saying you must go do your master's work and start business, so get me right, please. <laughs> I'm saying, please, anything you want to do, go for knowledge first. Um, so, but in my own field, I had to do MSc in business, uh, master's in business management as a consultant. I need to know more about what exactly it is in my business. Then that is why I'm in Europe. And secondly, I'm traveling around to learn because I so much believe that traveling is three things. To a smart man that has a purpose, is learning. To a man that just wants to have fun, is luxury. And to a man that wants to just remain small, is an expense. Right. That's interesting. You All get right. the point. Share with us this, uh, this learning, because I think that is the most important thing. That is why we are here, actually. Yeah, yeah. We are here to learn from your experience. Yeah. What have you learned? Uh, yeah, what have you learned? This your, because you go to Paris, you go A to lot. I've learned a lot. Okay, let's say I was in... Uh, First, I, I, was, I was in Lutania, from Lutania I moved to Germany. From Germany, I was in Paris. From Paris, I'm in Verona, Italy right now. Okay, like in Italy, uh, no, let's say in um, Paris, I met some Ghanaian guy from Ghana. We were in this, I was looking for an African restaurant. So we got to me, we start talking, and um, we discuss about um, the life of blacks in, in, uh, in Paris, how it is. So he shared some things with me that I want to share you on the camera, but it gave me an answer, oh, really? This is how it is here. So why are we all coming here when we can really get this thing at home if only our government has done the right thing? So that now, okay, a premium that, okay, there are so many Africans in Europe that really want to come back home to do something, but they don't trust their relations. They don't trust anybody to give their hard-earned euro to. So that now, Made me, I called my team some days ago. Like, we know what we do. We need to start um, Smart Planet Consulting Investments. So, you want to invest, let's say you're in Europe, you want to do anything in Nigeria, we can sign an agreement. I will help, my company will help you implement that thing you want to do. Every one error you send will be documented and recorded. Let's say you're sending 10,000 let's say you're sending 10, euro for a poultry investment. I'll, you won't send everything to us immediately, but rather you send 1,000 first. We'll reconcile the 1,000 you won't send first before you bring the next bash. Now, if I've known you, I would have known that that pain, that vacuum is here. That was what I got, and we're working on that. So I'm in Verona right now. Yesterday, in my uh, the hotel I was, I met an American, Scott. He's here, he's at the background of this. I met him. We got talking. I learned something from him already. 
We got talking. I met one other guy from Croatia there. So why not say traveling is learning? Is see the, the learning you get from traveling. I'm not saying see you must not go get visa to leave your country, but you can travel among <laughs> your country, please. So don't start feeling oh, it's because he has money to travel, that's why he's talking. No, you can travel within your country, but if you have opportunity to travel, go. So this is my trip so far. This is why I'm in Europe to learn, connect, and grow. And I've learned I'm connecting with friends and I can say I'm growing. What would you like to leave as a kind of a message for the people that are listening to you now, whether in Nigeria or elsewhere? Mm. Uh, so what kind of message would you like to leave for them? Okay, my message is I'll look inside the camera now. <laughs> I'll quote Harry Ford. He says something, if you think you can or cannot, either way you are correct. In the sense that if you think you can do something, you are correct. If you think you cannot because you are so scared or people, or people criticizing you, you are so scared of failing, you are correct. So the point here is that anything you want to do, go for it. It's better you are failing, you are progressing, than you are stagnant, you are regretting. That's <laughs> what I have to say. <laughs> that is very powerful. And yeah. I, I think that is where we are going to end the conversation. Because I, really, I don't want to add anything to that because okay. it's really clear and powerful enough. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. We will continue the conversation next time. Okay. Bye for now. Okay, bye. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you never miss any of our future episodes. Rate and review Obehead Podcast and share with your friends who might need it. I remain Obehead A14. Thank you so much for listening and talk to you in the next episode.